Ho, ho, ho. Merry Sustainable Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to What on Earth. Hello. This is Hubba Podcast, and every week we take a look at the past, the present, and the future of a different environmental issue to find out what on earth is going on and what we can do about it. And this week we're talking about Christmas. I've been so excited for this one. It's so much fun. Um, first of all, Sarah, what is your favourite Christmas song? My favourite Christmas song is, I literally don't know the name of it, it's the one we were just listening to, where they just say Christmas over and over and over again. Christmas Baby Please Come Home, I think it's called. I love it. <laughs> we'll fact check that. <laughs> what is your favourite Christmas song? I like Wham. You like Wham? Last Christmas. That's a classic. R.I.P. R.I.P. Wham. R.I.P. George Michael. Oh. Andrew Ridgely's still alive. Have you seen... They've done a film of that now, haven't they? Have they? Last Christmas. I don't like it that much. <laughs> <laughs> um, Favourite part of a Christmas dinner? Uh, stuffing or Yorkshire puddings. Nice. Obviously. What are yours? Tatties all the way. Favourite part of Christmas Day? Oh, going to bed. <laughs> are you a Scrooge? No, genuinely. After you've eaten everything and, and you've watched a movie and it's just good vibes and it's the one day of the year where you get into bed and you're like, that was a good day. That's really nice. That's lovely. What about you? Uh, I like all of the day. <laughs> <laughs> all of it. Uh, every... Don't like, you love presents, don't I you? I love presents. <laughs> I was like, I can't say that on a sustainability <laughs> podcast. Just love getting stuff. I love gifts. I love sustainable and homemade gifts, but the gifts all the same. I think it's really nice. Thing is, like, I'm actually quite sustainable at Christmas because I will do absolutely anything not to get or give gifts. <laughs> You're just not interested. It really stresses me out. No, the whole thing. Even if I love the gift that someone has got me, I still have to. I feel like I'm not um, uh, showing enough appreciation for the gift so I'm like oh my gosh thank you so and it just feels it like there's a lot of pressure yeah. to like react in a really positive way and like I'm super grateful but I always feel like I'm um, I have to try so hard yeah it can be kind of nightmarish actually because everyone's looking at you and you're on show yeah I don't have any more Christmas questions for you what's the worst thing you ever got for Christmas worst thing I've ever got for Christmas um nothing really I don't I don't remember I think I probably just blanked it because as I say, I'm just super grateful. <laughs> <laughs> For all gifts I've ever been given. It's nice because, you know, when someone makes an effort to get you something, it's a thought that counts, isn't it? It is. And that's kind of what we're talking about today is how to do Christmas, but without having to buy loads of stuff and without having to go really, really, really big and massive and spend loads of money. Yeah. But actually have a lovely time and also be good for the planet. Sounds good. So uh, should we go to the past, present and future? Yes, I'm going to... No, we're going to go to the past. Oh, yeah. We're going to go to the past. Let's do it together. How are we going to get there? Uh, we are going to get on Santa's sleigh. <gasps> yes. Let's go. Ho, ho, ho. Merry sustainable Christmas. When did Christmas start? Well, the answer will probably change depending on who you ask. But in ancient times, the winter solstice, which is when the shortest day of the year has come and the days start getting brighter, was celebrated in some way towards the end of December. In a huge array of cultures, people felt the familiar urge to throw a big party to save themselves from the bleak midwinter. Something to look forward to in the short, cold December days. 
In most places in Europe, as well as being dark and miserable, it was that time when cows would be slaughtered, so they didn't have to be fed through the winter, and the time that the beer had finished fermenting. A celebration must have been a no-brainer. In ancient societies like the Norse in Scandinavia, they celebrated Yule in December, where men would bring home huge logs and they would feast till they burned out, which would be as much as 12 days of partying. In ancient Rome, Saturnalia was celebrated, a festival to celebrate Saturn, the god of agriculture, a big hedonistic party when food and booze flowed freely, slaves got the day off, and were allowed to poke fun at their masters. Pope Julius I was the first person to decide that December would be the time to celebrate the birth of Jesus. In early Christianity, Easter was way more important, but the common theory is that they adopted the dates of the earlier pagan midwinter festivals to help everybody with the transition to Christianity. First called the Feast of the Nativity, the custom spread to Egypt by the year 432 and to England by the end of the 6th century. By the end of the 8th century, the celebration of Christmas had spread all the way to Scandinavia. By the Middle Ages, Christmas had, for the most part, replaced all of the earlier festivals, and every year huge carnival-style parties would be held, blending religious devotion with a big medieval knees-up. During this time, in really rich people's houses, courts and universities, someone from the town would be chosen as the Lord of Misrule. They would be in charge of all of the Christmas festivities and encourage lots of weird mischief, even hosting what I can only interpret as some kind of comedy roast of the rich people whose house they were in. In the early 17th century, when Oliver Cromwell and his Puritan forces took over England and went about religious reform trying to rid decadence from a country ridden with poverty, Christmas was also cancelled. It'll be no surprise that Oliver Cromwell wasn't universally loved and, by popular demand, Charles II was returned to the throne, as was Christmas. In America, the Pilgrims, English separatists that came to America in 1620, were even more orthodox in their Puritan beliefs than Cromwell. As a result, Christmas was not a holiday in early America. From 1659 to 1681, the celebration of Christmas was actually outlawed in Boston. Anyone exhibiting the Christmas spirit was fined five shillings. The Christmas traditions that we know today were mostly formed in Victorian times. The rowdy celebrations of earlier periods were toned down into a quieter, family-focused celebration. Queen Victoria and Prince Albert, with their nine children, played a huge part in these changes. The Christmas trees that Albert introduced from his native Germany in 1840 rapidly caught on, as did decking your house with lights and giving presents on Christmas Day. Around this time, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol came out with its ghosts of the past, present and future who were hoping to teach Scrooge a lesson. This cemented the idea of a welcoming Christmas spirit in the British tradition. Lots of other Christmas traditions like printed Christmas cards, Christmas crackers and eating turkey instead of the traditional goose, uh, and Christmas pudding came around this time. Even Santa Claus and his reindeer sleigh first came here from America in the 1870s. By 1867, the holiday present industry was so booming that Macy's in New York got to keep its doors open till midnight on Christmas Eve for the first time. By 1904, one writer in Harper's Bazaar wrote, 
25 years ago, Christmas was not the burden that it is now. There was less haggling and weighing, less quid pro quo, less fatigue of the body, less wearing of the soul, and most of all, there was less loading up with trash. In more than a hundred years since then, Christmas has only got bigger and brighter. Still a time for food, family, and festive cheer, but also when a third of us slide into debt and report a high level of stress and dissatisfaction. So, Sarah, shall we say goodbye to the past of Christmas and maybe go check out the present? Let's get back on the sleigh. Okay. Ho, ho, ho! Merry sustainable Christmas. Oh, that was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, it was interesting. I loved it. I loved finding about the history of Christmas. It was great. What was your favourite bit? The the Lord of Misrule, obviously, the mischief man who gets to ruin Christmas for everyone. You would make a great abbot of, what was it? Unreason. You would make a great abbot of Unreason. And he would be a lovely Lord of Misrule <laughs> between the two of us. <laughs> what was your favourite bit? Um, I, I thought it was quite funny how uh, when Oliver Cromwell cancelled Christmas, we could just like find someone like 10 shillings for being too festive. <laughs> How do you, you, sir, are too festive. Yeah, how do you decide that? I don't know. I don't know how you decide someone's showing too much festive spirit. <laughs> Take that Santa hat off. <laughs> I assume if you wore a Santa hat, there would be death. Oh, That's my. way more than spirit. <laughs> oh, what a time to be alive. But now we're going to move on and look at Christmas right now and what it means for the environment. Okay, so I can imagine that Christmas is pretty unsustainable. It is all about consuming and producing and getting the best things and it's really difficult to talk to people about sometimes because when you bring up christmas and the environment people think that you're going to tell them to not have christmas and you're going to be a real scrooge and suck all of the joy out of it um so you know everything there is to know about the environment i know absolutely nothing uh so uh i was gonna try and just like list all the things that i can think of that are potentially uh, environmentally bad about Christmas and you can maybe tell me if they are or aren't. I love that. Is that we're doing our own quiz show? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so first of all, okay. um, starting at sort of the beginning of December, mm-hmm. I can imagine that Christmas cards are an absolute nightmare for the environment. Yeah, so that's a really interesting one. So actually, if you put all of the Christmas cards that we sent next to each other, they would cover the Earth's circumference 500 times. So people are sending a lot of Christmas cards at the beginning of December, um, and it's not so much that the cards are really bad. Um, Obviously, they're paper, but you can recycle them. But the bad thing is that when they've got sparkles or glitter or gold on them, you can't recycle those cards. So if you put them in the recycling, it can mess up the recycling. Uh, or they get incinerated, which isn't great. And when you put something in the recycling that isn't uh, necessarily in the right place, you can contaminate the whole bag, right? Yeah, so you might recycle really diligently, but then you've put all your sparkly cards in there and then they can't recycle it. Okay, so something else uh, that has glitter is... Wrapping paper. Yes. And we have so much wrapping paper. Spot on. So obviously you want to make sure that the thing that you're buying somebody or that you're giving somebody looks beautiful. You want to present it really nicely, but you've got the same problem with the sparkles in that we all go a little bit mad at Christmas and we want to buy something that's really shiny. But shiny paper and sparkly paper uh, will have a film of plastic on it, which means that you can't recycle it. So, yeah, okay. And you can see it if you go into a shop. You can basically look and be like, "Mm, super shiny, probably has plastic in it. Okay, so that's wrapping paper. I can imagine presents. Presents is a really big one. Obviously, you want to give people presents at Christmas. I was interested, I was thinking this the other day, how many presents people recommend that you buy each other at Christmas. And the first thing that came up um, is, mums, how many presents should I buy my kid at Christmas? 
And the answer is 20. People say you should buy your children 20 presents at Christmas time. That's the first thing that comes up if you Google it. Um, And on top of that, we use 125,000 tonnes of plastic packaging for gifts. So toys that you buy that come wrapped in plastic or gift sets that have plastic wrapped around them. That is a huge amount of plastic that we're using for gifts that might not actually be used. There's lots of other stats about you know, you buy a present for someone and you kind of bought it because you don't really know them that well, but you thought you should buy them a present and you buy them some trash that they hate. And then that just sits in their cupboard forever. Heartbreaking. It is truly heartbreaking. Okay, so from presents to food, <laughs> Christmas lunch. Christmas lunch, the best part of the day. But also opinion. the most wasteful, right? Uh, yeah, it really can be. So as a nation, we consume 80% more food over the Christmas season than at any other time in the year. So we go... A little bit loopy and we buy everything because we don't want anyone to go without. We spend about 200 quid per household just on Christmas lunch, um, which is a huge amount of money. And we buy 10 million turkeys every year. We buy 370 million mince pies. It is a busy time of year for our tummies. Uh, But the bad thing about that is... 370 million mince pies. Imagine. That's about three mince pies per person in the UK. That was some really quick maths. Thank you. (laughs) that was impressive so obviously the bad thing is not necessarily buying all of this stuff if you are going to use it but we bin 230,000 tonnes of uneaten Christmas food every Christmas which is the equivalent of 74 million of those mince pies that we just bought so we're overbuying then we don't eat it because we've stuffed ourselves. We don't know what to do with them afterwards, so we just chuck it in the bin. Yeah, I mean, I've already filled my quota for uh, mince pies. Today? <laughs> just today. Have you had 370 million <laughs> mince pies today? No, but I've had my three. Have you had three? <laughs> yeah. you're, you're well in the festive spirit. <laughs> I really love mince pies. But at least you're not wasting them. No, exactly. There we go. They're going in my belly. Um, what else can I think of? Um, oh, no. Okay, so we always have like people travel to come mm. over, like long-distance relatives, getting on planes. Um, there must be a, a more people travelling at Christmas than other times of the year. Yeah, so combined in the UK, we travel six billion miles around the UK to visit friends and family, um, which is a lot of travelling that we're doing. And obviously that can't be helped because you want to go and see your family at Christmas time and it's a difficult one to try and work out a solution for but there's obviously loads of other things that you can do to get around that um but the big thing about christmas is that the three days of celebration so christmas eve christmas day boxing day we use the equivalent of 5.5 percent of the uk's total carbon emissions What in those three days that's so much it's so much we produce 30 percent more waste um so it's all of these little things added up over a very very short time span that mean that we're consuming a lot we are not necessarily disposing of all of that stuff properly. Um, so we're creating loads of stuff. We're not sure what to do with it. And it probably doesn't get recycled or used again. Wow. Yeah. God, this is this is bad. It sounded um, bleak, didn't it? <laughs> um, Christmas trees? Christmas trees, yeah. Um, so Christmas trees, probably my favourite Christmas decoration. I love a Christmas tree. Um, and there are two camps for Christmas trees. So people who have a plastic tree that they will keep in the loft and use every year. And the people who buy a real tree every year. Both of them have got pros and cons. Obviously, a lot of people are moving away from plastic. Um, They have some bad chemicals in them. Not everyone wants to have them in their house, but you can use them every year. So you put them in your loft, use them again. The real trees are great because no plastic, they're nature, but they have to be grown. They have to be chopped down. They have to be shipped to you. And then you use them for a month 
and it depends what you do after that which affects how sustainable they are um so both have their pros and cons it's just about making sure you're responsible with your christmas tree all right so that's pretty much all i can think of uh in terms of christmas (laughs) and to be honest, it sounds quite expensive. Yeah, everyone knows the pinch, right, of December where you're like, ooh, this is going to be an expensive month mm. and I've got to buy loads of stuff. Um, but And then be really broke in January. Be super broke and miserable in January. One in three of us borrow money to buy Christmas presents for people and one in five of us borrow money to pay for food at Christmas time. Um, it's clear people want to put on a beautiful Christmas and make sure that everyone has the things they need and make sure that they are at a level with everyone else. But we're borrowing money to do it, which seems a little bit silly to me. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of comparison uh, to try and be the best and everyone's just competing with each other until it just becomes this whole over-consuming, over-producing sort of activity that really isn't as festive and wonderful as what we think about when we think about Christmas, right? Yeah, and I think where the... I mean, we've all done it where I'm like, I'm going to go into my overdraft so I can buy someone this really nice present they really want. Um, And that is such a joyful thing that you're trying to do and you're trying to give something to somebody because they've been lovely to you all throughout the year. Um, But when you look at the stats for the amount of people who don't like the Christmas presents they've been bought and the amount of things that just end up sat in the cupboard, there's a kind of... um, There isn't a matching up of what you're putting out and what they're getting like Christmas should be about getting that really good feeling Mm. Um, and actually what happens is people get into debt we feel anxious at Christmas time Um, we feel really stressed and then when January comes around um, we're super broke yeah and exactly so I think what a lot of this is about is saying well we want to do Christmas and we have an amazing Christmas, but I want to finish Christmas with the same like joy that I had when I started buying Christmas presents at the beginning of the year yeah, I think like the good thing about sustainability is that and a common misconception with it is that it's more expensive. But actually, the thing about sustainability and having a sustainable anything is that it's about doing less. Yeah, this is a really interesting thing, actually. You can't buy your way into being sustainable. A lot of people ask me that question. What should I buy in order to be more sustainable? Nothing. Like, <laughs> actually, it's like just spend less money like what do you like doing with your pals that doesn't mean that you have to buy them something or is there a way that you can do it by making it or using what you already have it's just about spending less so let's find out how we can have a more sustainable less expensive christmas Woo! let's hop on sander sleigh to the future Ho, ho, ho. Merry sustainable Christmas. Another very bumpy ride from Santa there. Yeah, it's getting worse, I think, actually. It's getting worse and worse. But here we are in the future. We made it alive. Um, Okay, so let's look at how we can have a more sustainable Christmas now. These are the things that you can do to have uh, an easier, less expensive and better for the earth Christmas without scrimping on the joy i love that don't scrimp on the joy (laughs) yeah we're gonna basically do all the fun bits that are solutions to all the problems we spoke about earlier okay so we spoke about christmas cards before how can i do christmas cards without being environmentally bad there's a few different ways so if you are like me and you don't have an address book with everyone's addresses in it you can send them a text (laughs) uh an email there's loads of different ways that you can do it over the internet but if you are the christmas card kind of person and you really want to send that at christmas time the best thing that you can do is try and 
buy one which doesn't have any sparkles or glitter on it because that means they can stick it straight in the recycling and it'll be recycled. Or you can make one. Just if you're m- particularly creative. Yeah, if you're especially creative. Uh, see what you can make from what you have at home. Um, you can do your own prints and do some really cool stuff that means that that can also be recycled, but you haven't had to buy it. It was free. Uh, next up, wrapping paper. Same thing. Super easy. So the thing that makes wrapping paper difficult at Christmas time, especially for recycling companies, is the glitter and the silver foil. Basically, that is a plastic layer that they've put on the paper um, and you can't separate that. You can try and do it at home. You can't like peel apart the paper bit from the plastic bit um, and it means they can't recycle it and it also messes up all the other bags of recycling that they have at Christmas time. Uh, so the best thing you can do, if you buy or are given really sparkly paper, put it straight into your rubbish bin rather than your recycling bin. And if you want to go one step further, try buying something without sparkles on it. Go onto Pinterest. There are some mad things people have done with brown paper wrapping. That Fantastic. Is so festive and beautiful, but you can recycle it. Lovely. And if you want to go one step further, don't wrap a present. Just give it to them. <laughs> Just give it to them. Use newspaper. I've used scarves before. That's really nice. Oh, you can nice. like buy a cheap scarf or f- use one you already have and then wrap it up in that so they can use a scarf as well. All right. So presents. That's next. Presents. My favourite part of Christmas, as I've already <laughs> revealed. <laughs> My least favourite part of Christmas. Um, so there's loads of things that you can do with presents. Um, obviously, there are always going to be things that people want that you have to buy. Um, but maybe just take a look at how many things you're buying people and see whether you're doing it just because you feel like they should have more stuff and you feel guilty and there's a pressure. Um, because actually, maybe they don't want all of that stuff. And what they would really love is just for you to buy them one thing that they've really, really wanted. There's also a lot of discussion people are having around experiences. So can you buy someone something like a trip to the theatre or the cinema or a theme park that they really love rather than buying them a thing? That's really nice. And also the good thing about that is that you get to do it too. That's the best part. Like, let's go to this thing together. I bought us tickets. Um, Another thing that you can do with presents is, and we have been looking into this hubbub actually. So for our Secret Santa, we have said, this is the limit, but it has to be homemade or something you already had in the house or something secondhand. Um, Just to kind of, it's a rule so that everyone knows that we're on a level, no one's going to spend loads of money and people are going to feel embarrassed. All of us are trying to do the same thing. So something like that is a nice rule to make if you've got a secret Santa or something. Yeah, I'm looking forward to receiving your iPad. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so food. Food, the best part of Christmas. Um, the really easy thing that you can... <laughs> You've said that about everything. everything. I love Christmas. I love it so much, um, which is extra good because my boyfriend hates Christmas. Mm. So it's like a real... Uh, what's the word? Juxtaposition. Juxtaposition. Paradox. Of me like, oh my God, it's Christmas. Uh, but anyway, food at Christmas time. So the big problem with food is that we buy loads of it and then we chuck it away after Christmas because we're super full. And the fridge is full. No one's taking anything home. We don't know what to do with all the leftovers. The best thing that you can do is just use whatever you buy. Um, I'm not telling you to scrimp or not buy the things that you want. But if you decide you want to buy it, just make sure you use it up. Um, And that could be making sure that your turkey gets used after Christmas by turning it into leftovers or giving it to your aunt so that she can go home and eat it. Just find a way that that stuff can be used. A lot of it can be frozen so that you can have it later in the year um, and it might be good to have a plan for something. So if you know you've not got loads of space, make sure that you've got somewhere for all that stuff to go. And there are some great recipes out there. Um, there's particularly... Uh, Jamie Oliver has this chowder that he makes, which is essentially 
just all of the things you have left over from your Christmas lunch in a blender and heat it up. But you, it is actually delicious. Have you tried it? Yeah. It is nice. It's good. <laughs> um, uh, we also, in my house, do uh, turkey sandwiches, mm. coronation turkey, which turkey is... Turkey curry. Absolutely delicious. Um, there's loads of stuff out there. I think we should share some as well. Yeah, yeah. We can share some recipes so you know what to do with your Christmas dinner afterwards okay next up is transport transport which is a difficult one because obviously you want to go and see your family for christmas and a lot of the times the only way to go is to drive Um, but if it is possible for you to go and see your family on the train instead of taking a car up that's a really good way of getting around it or see if there's anyone who's going that way who you can give a lift to car share car share um so that rather than everyone taking their own car we could see if we can squish lots of people in and if you are you know sharing a lift with that relative that you don't know very well it's a good opportunity to get to know them and if they're really boring (laughs) then just in your mind think i'm doing this for the environment it's fine Trees, how are we going to improve on Christmas tree damage to the environment? So if you love plastic Christmas trees, make sure that your tree gets stored for the rest of the year along with all your decorations and then you use them again next year um, is super sustainable because you've only had to buy that thing once. What you shouldn't do is buy a plastic tree, decide that you don't like it, chuck it away and then buy another one. Okay. And in terms of real life trees that we grow, um, the important thing is finding out where they come from. So where does that tree come from? Was it grown in the UK? Uh, Because if it was, that's really good. There are some Christmas tree farms that you can go to and pick your tree um, in England. But the other thing to look out for is what you do with it afterwards. So you've bought your tree, you've had it for a month. um, And if you just kind of chuck it over the fence or chuck it in a bin then all of the energy and transport and water that was used to grow that tree is wasted Um, and there are some sites that will replant your christmas tree for you and so someone will come and pick it up and then replant it so it can be used again next year that's lovely most councils will have a christmas tree recycling facility so that it will be composted and used to kind of go into fertilizer to make more trees um, so it's just about thinking about what happens to it afterwards. Yeah, I mean, I bought a live Christmas tree last night, which is amazing. Uh, uh, it's still in the bucket, so hopefully I can keep it alive myself uh, over the course of the year. Is it in soil? Yeah, um, so it's in soil, and I'm going to try and keep it alive i just hope that people don't come round in july and there's just like a christmas tree in the background with <laughs> the run for a barbecue like ross why have you got a christmas tree sustainability mate yeah sustainability that's a good way to have a conversation with people well let's come back next christmas and you can tell us if your christmas tree is still alive <laughs> yeah we'll check in uh finally money and i think this just comes down to all of the other things that we've just spoken about it's all about doing less with sustainability, isn't it? Yeah, it's just about spending less, looking at what you have got to spend, buy the things that you want to buy, but we don't all have to go overboard. And I think it would be nice to resist the expectation that you have to buy more in order to be doing Christmas right. It's just about moderation. Everything's about moderation. And it's good. Like, just it, it can, honestly, the sustainable Christmas is so much more relaxing and chill than the the over-consuming, over-producing Christmas. So this is the way forward. Hopefully, this should be the one that will jet us off into a beautiful Christmas future. And if anybody complains about not having enough food or not having enough presents, then you can just say, well, mate, it's for the environment. Which more and more people are starting to do. I think it's becoming less weird that people will say, actually, I don't want to have a present this year. Why don't we go out for dinner instead and do something like that? The other thing to bear in mind is that, as you all have heard from our history of Christmas, that all of these traditions that we have 
are ones that have been made and kind of they've been added on from different holidays and different people throughout the years have added them on. And I think that now we think that they are so set in stone that we have to do those things at Christmas time. But you can make your own traditions and you can decide what you want your Christmas to look like. You don't have to conform to what everyone else is telling you that you should do at Christmas. And if you have any money left over or any food left over or any time, extra time, you can always, you know, uh, speak to a a local charity and maybe uh, give up your time or your money or your food to um, helping people who don't have the facilities to have as big a Christmas as as you normally do. I think that's lovely because actually when I think about Christmas, what I think about is sharing and Christmas spirit and joy, which I think is easy to lose sight of when we're really stressed and we want to make sure that everyone has the right thing and that we have visited everyone and everyone's happy. Um, We should just relax and enjoy a sustainable Christmas. If you have loads of plans to have a sustainable Christmas that we haven't thought of, let us know. Send us a pic of your super sustainable Christmas. Yeah, we would love to see how you are doing Christmas sustainably. Send us a picture, please. With your live Christmas trees and your beautifully hand-wrapped gifts and all sorts of other things we wouldn't have thought of. You can get us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. We will be coming back with the final episode of this season next week, so subscribe to make sure you are the first to listen. It's going to be uh, conveniently on Boxing Day, and it's all about rubbish, which is just perfect, really, isn't it? Yeah, we're going to go and find out all about the history of trash and what it means to the environment. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye, and have a lovely Christmas. Oh, yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry Sustainable Christmas. Merry Sustainable Christmas.